0: Hello
1: and welcome to a Christmas episode of
0: Do The Franchise with me, Jake. And me, James. It's Christmas, James! We've made it. Oh, it's, we did. It's been a whole year since we did one of these. Mate, what a year it's been, eh? Um, <laughs> we, a couple of
1: lockdowns, global pandemic, um, lots of films have come out. I say lots of films have come out. Not that many films have come out, but films have come out this year, which is different to last year. And they and they came into our homes and everything. <laughs> they did. They came on live streaming
0: platforms, even though my telly just broke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a holly jelly Christmas for those that review films with a broken telly.
1: Mate, it's fine. I've realised, like, literally, because my TV's got a big line in it, it's going to deter people from watching TV at Christmas. So, actually, what it's going to do is it's going to do that National Lampoon's thing of going... You've got to spend the time with your family. It's all about family. It's all about games and, and putting up Christmas lights. Um exactly. and deflating turkeys. So I'm
0: I'm not I'm I'm cool with it. I'm not bothered. I'll sort it out in the new year, mate. Not even bothered, I, mate. Don't care. I think, we, I think we're all gonna have to watch out though for your uh, your reviews to see if they're tainted by the line through the screen. It's like, yeah, it's a really good film, but <laughs> yeah. that line through the screen was a really odd choice. <laughs> it did it did happen during Animal Park. I was like <laughs>
1: These cameras they use are really crap at Animal Park. Hang on, the aardvark's got a line as well. (laughs) What's (laughs) going on? (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, so... Uh, this is a Christmas special. Now, James and I usually will put a lot of effort into a Christmas special um, before we do it. Um, and we normally come up with a really good idea for our uh, our concept. And people are always happy to give us their sort of two p's worth about <laughs> what we should and shouldn't do for Christmas specials. But we haven't had any time this year. So James and I are recording this on the seat of our pants just before Christmas. Um, and we thought we'd just... Talk about anything, didn't we, James? So,
0: what tell everybody what you're coming up with? So, I, I, I've decided because, uh, as long standing listeners will know, we've been looking at the Lethal Weapon franchise. So, in pure laziness, I've gone for two films that star Mel Gibson and Danny Glover <laughs> 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 that are both Christmas related. So, don't worry, it's on theme, it's on theme. Uh, but, amazing. yeah. Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, uh, not in the same film together. They're in different films. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I want to talk about one that I really, really like and one that you probably should avoid. So That's great. that's my, that's, that's my sort of Christmas help for people. I'm, I'm Santa's little helper, giving you an idea of a film you should watch and a film you probably shouldn't. <laughs> I did a little bit of scouring the internet for things. So
1: this year I tried to do that thing where I watch a couple of films or at least a film that I've never watched. It's a Christmas film. So I don't know who else does this. I'm sure it might be. There might be others out there. I tend to kind of look at, has there been anything that's come out in the last couple of years that I've not seen and watch that? Um, and then I kind of ask around for people. I know that Gareth, who listens to our podcast, he always gives me like really good Christmas movie advice. He seems to be a really good Christmas movie person, <laughs> generally, to go to <laughs> for advice. Um, so I, I watched a couple of films Uh, on Sky Movies this year that I've never seen. And Mm -hmm. I thought I'd talk about those as well. But what I have done is I've had a scour through the internet and I've found a couple of the top ten lists that different um, different film reviewers and reputable websites come up as their top ten. I've narrowed it down to the IMDb top list and the Looper um, Rotten Tomatoes list. And I thought it'd be interesting to have a look at what they've come up with and finally settle the debate on a particular film um, which is often revered as a Christmas movie and then, by other people, it's completely disputed as a Christmas movie. So, yeah, I don't know if you'll guess what that film is. (laughs) You're talking about The Santa Claus, aren't you? I'm absolutely talking about The Santa Claus and The Santa Claus 2. Do you want to start, James, by talking me through this Danny Glover film? Because I had no idea that Danny Glover had done a Christmas film, so I'm actually genuinely excited for this.
0: Right. Well, I I think that the best way that these two films can be separated is in the fact that I rec- I think Danny Glover's reached a point in his life, a little bit like Samuel Jackson, where if you pay him enough, he will turn up. So, yeah. um, th- there there is a a film company that seems to have endless amounts of money, and um, can just continually churn out Christmas film year after year after year, and that is the hallmark. Film company. not like the card so, company. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they make <laughs> films as well. And their, their films are just as cheesily heartwarming as their cards would be. Uh, so this film is called The Christmas Train. And it stars Danny Glover, uh, but also Dermot Mulroney, who you might remember as the old guy that uh, um, uh, Zoe Deschanel falls for in New Girl. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Starring cast, obviously. Um, it it received, and this is galling because I'll tell you the score of the next film in a moment as well. But this received six and a half out of ten on IMDb. <laughs> That's not too bad, all things that, considered. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. It it, it, get, it gets worse. So, um, <laughs> this is not a recommended film by any means uh the 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 plot point is that the main character played by Dermot is a freelance writer and he's going on the Christmas train which is a train that goes from I believe it's from Washington to LA and it takes 4 days and it arrives on Christmas day so yeah. there's a there's a bunch of people that get on this train and um I'm not going to go into plot spoilers for anyone who does want to watch this film but There are various people on the train who uh, this guy either becomes friends with or already knows. And one of those people is Danny Glover's character, who seems to be trying to help him in some way. And uh, the, uh, the train encounters various problems on its journey and all of the cast become closer together. And then there's this giant plot twist at the end, which makes it all seem incredibly pointless. Is it, is it Poirot? Does Poirot get on the train? <laughs> it, it might as well be no. I'm, I don't. I, I, I'm, I've changed my mind. I am going to plot spoil because I don't want anyone to watch this. Excellent. So, so effectively, at the end of this film. It turns out that the whole thing was a ruse to get um, the main character back together with somebody who uh, was an old flame and they're on the train, and, oh, okay. and basically everyone he interacts with on the train turns out to be an actor hired by Danny Glover's character. What? <laughs> For the sole purpose of getting these two kids back together. You, what, I, but, wait, hang on. <laughs> what,
1: what, about the, what about the people that actually need to get to LA on the Christmas
0: train? That's my point, Jake. Why? Why does this train? Why? Why does this journey exist? I mean, it's. It's even. I've forgotten. It's got Joan Cusack's in this film. Joan Cusack's in this film.
1: Bloody she, hell! She's yeah. actually an actor.
0: Yeah. I. I. I don't know how this film got made, but I. I'm scrolling down IMDb, and you know it has this more like this section. Yeah. Well, there's just a litany of Hallmark films that have something, and then Christmas at the end of it. So we have. Road to Christmas. Christmas in Evergreen. Christmas at the Plaza. Yeah. yeah. Christmas in Evergreen <clears throat> 2. Christmas getaway, Christmas in the homestead, Christmas uh, the Christmas cure. i really need a Christmas cure after watching this film. Did you know what all... this is
1: this is that thing that you just said before, where you just slap the word Christmas in front of anything and sell it? Um, they did it with like the with the Star Wars Christmas special, which you know if you've not seen it, my god, go and watch it. But is it called the holiday special in in um, Star Wars? But it is. Yeah. It's just no. You can't you can't put a thing on a universe that that's completely separate to ours, that's in a galaxy far, far away, and then market it as a Christmas thing. That doesn't work. It doesn't no. can't happen. It shouldn't happen.
0: It's, 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 it's just a, a silly idea, and it's, it's basically the way Hallmark make money. You know, like the, those sci-fi TV shows that are made yeah. for TV? It's kind of like that, but all centred around Christmas. I, I mean, some people really like them. I'm looking at the uh, the user reviews. And the first one is an 8 out of 10. This person loved it. They thought it was magical. They thought it really made their Christmas. And and fair enough, if your only experience of Christmas movies are the made-for-TV Hallmark Christmas movies, this is probably one of the better ones. (laughs) But (laughs) that is damning with faint praise. (laughs) So I don't don't want anyone to watch this film. I watched it uh, because it happened to be on. And, you know, you get to a certain point where you're about halfway through a film and you sort of have to finish it because yeah. you're, you're that invested in it at this point. That was it. And I was just hoping Danny Glover would have a bigger role in the film. And he seems seems to be at the beginning of the film, uh, sprinkled throughout the middle bits of the film, and then he has that big reveal at the end. Um, so, yeah, Danny Glover's Christmas film, uh, The Christmas Train. And it's... It's a film that exists. I like that you're like at the beginning of the episode.
1: It's definitely worth a watch. By the way, don't watch this film. <laughs> so we're now, the, we're now the podcast of films where we tell people not to watch specific films because they're shit. And instead, we just tell people to go away
0: and leave the films. Well, well Jake, this would be the ideal film to watch on a broken television. <clears throat> so this might be yeah. perfect for your Christmas. That's great. Um, Shall I, shall I tell you about a film I do recommend? Yes, please do. So this is a film starring Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. and it came out in uh, 2020, so this is a, a very relevant. This is a lockdown film. This right. is the galling thing, Jake. This is mm-hmm. actually a good film, and it scored 5.9 out of 10. 0.6 oh. less than the Hallmark Christmas film I've just discussed. I'm really upset about this. Maybe so, Hallmark's got more of an established audience, though. Perhaps. And admittedly, this is a good film because it's, it, it's it's probably not a traditional Christmas film. So this one I'm definitely not doing plot spoilers for. Uh, I'll I'll try and give a brief synopsis that doesn't spoil anything in the film because I do really want people to watch this film. So Mel Gibson is Santa Claus. But... I'm sold. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, uh, But Santa Claus in sort of like modern times, in our time, uh, and business is not going so well. Kids are being naughty everywhere. And he seems to be getting a subsidy from the American government for however many presents he delivers. And last year he delivered half as many presents as he normally does because people (laughs) are so bad. So he's not... The elves aren't getting paid. So... The, the, he he ends up taking on mid mid year. He ends up taking on a military contract to build uh, fighter jet cockpits for the U.S. government. Wait wait um, wait what, what? I no sorry. I
1: <laughs> do you know when you just when you just think they sat around a round table and talked about this. Yeah. No, you can't do that. You can't do Santa. It's like sexualising Santa. You, there's two things you can't do. You can't sexualise Santa and you can't make Santa a military contractor for the United States Air Force.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd hear myself say that. <laughs> and, and it gets better, Jake, because that's just one, one subplot in this film. The, oh the main plot <clears throat> is that uh, there, there's a child who's basically like the character out of American Psycho. But he's eight <laughs> and he, 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 he's stealing money from his wealthy uh, grandmother uh, to he has an on and off again relationship with a hitman who he contracts out to get things that he wants. Mm-hmm. So he ends up uh, losing a science fair at school to this girl. And uh, he gets this contractor to encourage the girl to give the winning rosette back. Uh, Because of this, he gets coal from Santa and decides he's going to hire the hitman to kill Santa. Oh, okay.
1: It's got a little bit of plot, at least.
0: It has a a bit of peril. And the the hitman is played by uh, uh, Walton Goggins, who's been in a bunch of stuff. He, He looks a bit like Jack Nicholson, like a young Jack Nicholson. Mm. And as a hitman, he's incredible. He's he's quite imposing. He's really creepy, and he has a pet hamster who he takes on a road trip to try and find out where Santa lives. <laughs> Can you see why this film appealed to me? It's got forty five
1: percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so nearly half the people liked it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's such a shame because it's so good. And it's Mel Gibson being Santa. And he oh, it there's a gunfight between the the Assassin and Santa. It's just it's brilliant. It's probably the most entertaining Christmas film I've watched in a long time.
1: Oh but, God.
0: I think I'm gonna have to give this a watch, aren't I? Um I, I, I think so. It's available on on Amazon to to plug yeah. it. I I I found it. Uh, it was like four quid to watch on Amazon and i, I it was four quid well spent because compared to the Hallmark Christmas film, this is absolutely as far away from a standard Christmas film as you can get. Yeah. But it, it still ends up carrying the same message just in a really menacing way. So, God. Merry Christmas, everybody. I like Walter Goggins. He always plays bad guys in pretty much
1: every movie because he's just typecast, isn't he, now? Um, yeah. I like the tagline for the for Fat Man is... Tis the season to get even. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like something Stallone would put out, or um, I don't know, like one of those really crappy straight-to-video B-movies from the eighties that we were brought up on. Well, that's
0: it. That's yeah. uh, one, of the, one of the reviews I was reading says this is this is the Christmas film made for people who appreciate something like Commando, where it yeah. doesn't take itself seriously. <clears throat> it's just there to be a really fun time, and and that's that's what you get with this film. It's there to be a really fun time. Um and Mel Gibson shines in this. It, it, it's a bit like when uh, yeah, was it um, Christmas Chronicles? Kurt Russell was Santa. Mm, yeah. This this makes that Santa look like an angel. Yeah. And obviously that Santa was meant to be a bit grumpy and a bit out of touch with things. This Santa's gone. This is like the Dark night of Santas. It's brilliant. <laughs> Right, so what was the first one called? Um, the, fir- the first one was The Christmas
1: Train. The Christmas Train with Danny Glover and Fat Man with Mel Gibson. Yeah.
0: Those they're, they're my... never...
1: <laughs> That's brilliant. I think I, I'm going to
0: watch them. So, yeah, definitely. Well, don't don't blame me for The Christmas Train. No, it's Please. fine. I can't believe it scored higher than Fat Man. I'm looking I... at it now. and it, Yeah. And it's... I mean, it has fewer reviews than fat man 24,000 to 22,000 told you you, mate it's it's... rigged it's the people that made it (laughs) absolutely it's it's literally just the people involved in filming and they've reviewed their own film I can't believe it it's it's crazy but those are my my picks love it let's hear let's hear your uh, your argument with the internet because you well I did uh, first I've got my two picks that I wanted to talk about
1: which were the ones that I watched and I'd say one of them was better than the other one, and you just don't like you say you just don't know what you're going to get from these films. I mean, no. you know what you're going to get Christmas wise, it's going to have a Christmas message somewhere in there, but <laughs> You'd um, hope. yeah, you, you hope so, but you don't know what you're going to get. So I went out of my way. Um, this was whilst I was in uh, quarantine. Uh, I'm you know happy to say I'm recovered now, but I watched um, I watched a film called Get Santa. Um, oh, okay get santa i think was made in 2015 i probably should have the information in front of me shouldn't i not a very professional podcaster um and it stars um it's um it's basically a jim broadbent is father christmas chris kringle um and rafe Spall, um son of timothy Spall. he's um he's a, a dad down on the luck dad who's just been released from prison in time to see his son um tom for christmas And um, basically, he gets out of prison. Santa is flying around London for some reason before Christmas on his experimental sleigh, a new sled that he's got. Okay. And it crashes in London, and Father Christmas ends up in a shed. And then they meet Father Christmas at a a pretty rough time because he needs to get back to the North Pole to start getting stuff ready for Christmas Eve. Follow me. And... Yeah, and this is how it all ensues. And it's a really strange movie. But again, strangely, you, yeah. you kind of get swept up in it a little bit. They he ends so Father Christmas, I don't want to spoil it. I'll just spoil it because, you know, we're, we're that kind of podcast. I'm not. We, people know this. We're given a spoiler alert now, so every, everything's cool. Yeah, so spoiler alert. If you don't want to know, don't, don't listen. Um, Jim Broadbent's Father Christmas is fantastic, by the way. And he ends up in like Borstal or some sort of... He ends up in like Lewisham prison or whatever it's called in, in London <laughs> with a bunch of cons. One of them is played by Stephen Graham, the wonderful Stephen Graham. Um, yeah. uh, Jodie Whittaker, the, a woman from your own village. Uh, yes. She's also in it. Jodie plays a mum. She plays the mum character who's divorced from Rafe Spall. Um And it's basically about getting Santa out of prison and getting him back to the North Pole. <laughs> well it's a it's an uh, an important task And if that's not enough for you warwick davis plays a hard man who is <laughs> basically in prison for being a gangster yet when they dress him up as an elf everything suddenly becomes fine all his crimes are forgiven <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange james i kind I... of
0: in- oh, yeah sorry go on no i like the sound of this i mean Jim Broadbent is Santa for me, because he was Santa in After yeah. Christmas. He was, yeah, exactly. I, I was so, about to say that, yeah. So I I like that idea. I like that idea of, of Jim just permanently being Santa. Yeah, it's on it's on
1: Sky Movies now, uh, in the run-up to Christmas, one of the Christmas collection films you'll find on, on now TV and Sky Movies. Uh came Excellent. out in twenty fourteen, sorry, Christmas twenty fourteen it came out. So it's a fair while ago now, but I'd never heard of it, I'd never seen it. Um, so I went and watched it and yeah, it's got like 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's just one of those films where you're like, it's got enough magic and silliness in it that kids will be happy. It's got enough stupid sort of adult humor, British humor sort of done badly in it, which I always find funny anyway, because you know when Americans watch like British stuff and it's like, for me and you, we always say it's what Americans imagine we're like. Well, it seems to have quite a bit of that in it as well. So I always find that quite funny because I find the way that we're interpreted by the rest of the world quite funny. Um, And it's got Jim Broadbent and Warwick Davis. So it kind of it's fine. It's good. It's a good little picture. But um, yeah, it was uh, it's just I remember thinking, what the hell am I watching? Is this what? what's Christmas come to? (laughs) There's a bit where they're in a car getting away from the police and the police are chasing them through central London. And Jim Broadbent's firing reindeer shit at the
0: police. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't get better than that, does it? No. I I think that is deserved of a new scoring system I'm coming up with right now, a two thumbs up from Do The Franchise. (laughs) My wife Natalie said the best thing about this
1: film when it came to about putting it on. And she went, well,
0: it's only an hour and a half, so... (laughs) weirdly i think all the films we've reviewed so far have been about that long yeah so if it's just an hour and a half does it
1: really matter how good it is that's basically what she said (laughs) because you can watch that can't you you
0: can deal with an hour and a half yeah i think we've been trained now to expect films to be like three four hour long epics so an hour and a half is like an episode of tv so yeah if it's an hour and a half i'll watch that it's got santa in it and then So the second Christmas film that
1: I watched this year, uh, this was from 2015. This was the one I was thinking of, so I apologise. Um, it receives, again, mixed reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, 65 on IMDb. This is a film directed by Jonathan Levine, The Night Before, um, which oh. is a Christmas comedy film, and it's uh, not... Not for kids, so I'm probably saying that now. It's probably not one you'll put on when the kids are up. Maybe wait till they go to sleep. Um, this film stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen and Anthony Mackey as three friends uh, who have been partying every Christmas Eve since Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character's parents passed away and they kind right. of wanted to cheer him up around Christmas because obviously every, every Christmas it comes around and he has that memory of losing his mum and dad. So they use that as like a, let's go out and get drunk, it'll be great, we'll have a really good time and we'll do all the things you want to do. So the two friends, Anthony Mackie and Seth Rogen, kind of pander to him every year. And every year they get a little bit older, and every year their nights out get a little bit worse. They're, not as, you know, they're just less fun, because they become more of a a, a routine. And um, they've always dreamt of going to this massive Christmas party that they've heard of. Um, but mm-hmm. they've never ever been able to get tickets for it, and never found out where it is. Uh, I'm going to try and find out what it's called, I genuinely can't remember. But... Um, Yeah, so this one Christmas Eve, uh, Ethan, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character, finds this ticket. He gets a ticket, basically, to this massive Christmas party in central New York. And they are really hyped to go. And the band are kind of getting back together. It's that kind of band getting back together vibe. Okay. Mancy Mackey's character is an American football player who's um, may or may not be taking steroids to get ahead of the game, as he's now <laughs> getting a little bit too old. Uh, that's that's in the context of the movie, um, and the character played by um, by Seth Rogen is a uh, about to become a father, uh, and he, again they're all sort of middle aged, and he shouldn't really be going out drinking because he says he doesn't really want to do that anymore. But they have to do it because it's tradition. So there's like an air of that, like, coming together, but reluctantly coming together for this last Christmas party. And um, really good. Like, it's just a good, fun, stupid film. It's got loads of cameos in it from other famous folk, uh, who I'm sure, uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but people will like it. Uh, Michael Shannon, who I've always been a big fan of. um, Right. From, um, what was the, uh, what's the one? Oh, God, my brain is so bad today. Um, are, you thinking, it, are you thinking Superman? He was in not Superman. Just, he was in. He was in Man of Steel, wasn't he? And he's also yeah. in that. Uh, is it Shape of Water? Uh, the the, yes. the the Academy Award winning um, film. He's in that. He's just superb in everything you ever see him in. And he, I think he's one of those actors, Michael Shannon, that. You look at his IMDb and there's dozens and dozens and dozens of fantastic films. And you yeah. go, oh, he was in that. What, was, what did he do in that? And you kind of just forget. And I always think that's a sign of a really good actor is that he's so, he's so versatile in some of his roles and some of his choices of films that he's in that he just fades away. You don't even realise he's in them. He's just there. Yeah. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. And this he, is one of those.
1: Yeah, he really is, and he's in, he's the he's the drug dealer that used to deal them drugs when they were at school, and now he's grown up as well. And there's a slight <laughs> twist on the um, on the character that we find out later that he's not just a drug dealer, that he might actually be an angel t- trying to get his wings, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> which of course is a a homage to um, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Um, so there's loads of little Easter eggs for Christmas movie fans. There's plenty of gross comedy um it's lots of adult humor um and i just really got I, I enjoyed it i always say if you can laugh sort of five or six times in the first half an hour of a, of a comedy movie then you're probably doing all right um if you watch half an hour of a comedy movie and don't laugh it's
0: not a comedy movie no so, i, I uh, think yeah, really good <laughs> i should put out a a little warning for people searching for this film because mm-hmm. i was while you were talking about it i just went on imdb and, and typed in the name and technically there was a film that was released in 1988 of the same name starring Keanu oh, Reeves I don't know whether oh. that film's any good but um it on IMDb it shows up as The Night Before and then parentheses uh roman numerals 2 and it's 2015 but there is one The Night Before from 1988 starring Keanu Reeves so, brilliant um that that's a two for one deal you've got there yeah and it is just one of
1: those films where they you know how we all get stuck into christmas traditions that we don't really understand how they started it's kind of that that vibe where you go yeah. We don't really know why we're doing it, but we do it every year. So we're going to do it. And I always think that's quite a funny thing about Christmas and quite integral to everyone's Christmas. And that you find out from different people, different families that you meet, friends and, and people you meet through work. Everyone has their own little rhythm and structure of Christmas Day. This is yeah. totally different to each other. And you go, well, why, why do you need to do that every Christmas to go? I oh, don't know. We just do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. It,
0: it, things just become embedded, don't they? As, they do, like, yeah. Little- family traditions so good picks Jake both good films that were (coughs) recommended films so you did better than me I think it's become a a Christmas tradition for us that I just don't follow the brief whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) well I tell you what I did do for
1: people who are out there still stuck for a Christmas movie if indeed they don't watch the four that we've recommended today um, I had a little sift through IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes and wanted to find out what the general consensus was about Christmas movies. Now, I'm going to go from IMDb's 11 top films. And the reason okay. for this is that I couldn't believe that this wasn't in the top 10. So it's number 11. <laughs> uh, can you guess what number 11 in the top 11 Christmas movies on IMDb is? Oh my gosh, <clears throat> is it something really obvious like, Uh, miracle on 34th street it isn't james but it's obvious um this i think this is from a list of top 25 but it made it at number 11 so i'm going to go off from number 11 because i think that these are the top the top ones Um, it's home alone home alone one is the is number 11 so imagine what's what's at number 10 9 8 7 and 6 (laughs) that's crazy i think it's also the highest grossing Christmas movie ever it grossed over $286 million
0: which just try and get that round your head that is a lot of money for a Christmas film that is a lot of money that is obviously like an IMDB staffer that just really doesn't like Home Alone mad isn't it I couldn't believe it wasn't in the top 10 yeah Um, so Home Alone then
1: we go up to the 10th one which is one called Holiday Inn the other one from 1942 um, Robert Allen and Mark Sandrich I've never watched this I know it's got Bing Crosby in it but I know I know of I know of it
0: yeah, but I, it's just not I my it, But I know of it. Yeah, it's probably like the Hallmark films that I don't watch. Yeah, um, and Fred Astaire's in it as
1: well, and um, uh, Marjorie Reynolds. Uh, so that was Holiday Inn from 1942. Then we get number nine. Really random. It's the Christmas Carol um, 2009 remake that's animated by. Um, oh, it's uh, it's one with Jim Carrey. Oh and right, yeah. What's his name? He did Polar Express. Uh, Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis' director did. Yeah. Uh, made it. I like this film. I'm not going to slag it off because I do genuinely get something from it. And if it is on, I will watch it because I love the yeah. story. The st- Dickens is amazing anyway. So if you're gonna, if you're not going to read Dickens, which I recommend just read the book because it's better anyway. Yeah. And you want to watch something that's pretty close to it. You either watch this version of A Christmas Carol or you watch the definitive version, which, of course, is the Muppets one.
0: Yes. Yeah. Now, that version of The Christmas Carol, I remember being a bit of a vehicle for a lot of uh, 3D. Cause it, yeah. it came out around the same time that 3D yeah. TVs were really hyped up. So, yeah, there's a lot of things where a lot of moments where things in the film turn and look at you. Uh, and they're supposed to sort of pop out of the telly, uh, so yeah, not my you, telly, you... James. They don't pop out of my telly, no, they're, they're, they're boxed in with that line. Um, <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, um... if you watch it in 3D, I imagine it, it's even better.
1: Uh, number eight, they did, uh, they put Miracle on 34th Street, but not the original, the okay. 1994 version with um, Richard Attenborough. Uh, Elizabeth oh, Perkins. Well, I see that. <clears throat> I yeah, directed by that. Les Mayfield. I like that film. Um, I think that's a very divisive Christmas film because people I've spoken to go, mm, I don't really get it. It's a bit stupid. And other people are like, Oh, it's really lovely. It's the one I always want to get settled for. Um, and I always think that's interesting, isn't it? That, that you've got such a cult following, and then some people really just don't get it. That it's, yeah. You
0: know, I think it's the courtroom bit at the end. does people, I, I, I quite like that. I like that you you prove Santa exists by legal means.
1: Uh, number seven national lampoon's christmas vacation of course Uh, i always call this the home alone prelude because it's the same people that made home alone but it's just got chevy chase in it and it's you know it's a stupid comedy as opposed to a stupid comedy that's got a bit of heart to it I, i find home alone's got more depth and yeah I get more. I think I'm always more emotionally invested in Home Alone, whereas National Lampoon, I can watch that and I can deal with it, and it makes me laugh and giggle. But it is a silly film.
0: It is a silly film. Yeah, no, it's a good one though. It's it's a classic um
1: nightmare before christmas is at number six again it could be a halloween film could be a christmas film but i suppose it is got the word christmas in it so uh, yep. it would be up there um then we get the polar express at number five don't really understand why that's up there because i don't know i don't think that's as good as the uh, the jim carrey uh, christmas carol i like it it's okay yeah. but i don't
0: think it's great no i think it was more like it, it feels like it's some sort of tech demo like, we can do this now. Look at we what can we can do... do with technology, yeah. Yeah, and and it has a Christmas story attached to it. So, yeah, I, it's mm. all right. Yeah, but like you, I think the Jim Carrey one would be a better bet if you um, were to watch a good Christmas film. Number four, we're getting a bit better. Um, oh. It's Scrooged
1: with Bill Murray. <laughs> oh, yes. Directed by Brilliant. Richard Donner. So he's almost in our wheelhouse because we're in the Lethal Weapon wheelhouse.
0: Yeah. And I really no, like, I like this that. film. That, it's a great film uh, Bill Murray just shining uh, is Bill Murrayist. if you ever want to know more about this film we can cover it
1: one year but I would definitely say go online and have a look at some of the facts behind Scrooge some of the easter eggs that are there and some of the stuff that Bill Murray did on that film because like every Bill Murray film there's a hell of a lot of improvisation in that film and I didn't realise how much of it he improved. and when you know that it makes the film all the better when you go back yeah. and watch it uh, but it's wonderful. Um, number three, we're getting into good territory here. Muppets Ooh. Christmas Carol. <laughs> ah,
0: perfect. Perfect. And it Christmas is the definitive film. version of Christmas Carol uh, with Michael Caine and a bunch of Muppets. <laughs> I mean, literally, it just feels like they they threw Michael Caine on a set with Muppets and see, just to see what would happen. Like it's they great. all had a, a basic description of what the Christmas Carol story was, and they just did whatever they wanted. I love it.
1: Number two and number one, I think that I'm going to get people in their cars with their driving, people at home listening, chopping up uh, carrots and um, Brussels sprouts, whatever. I think they're going to be really pissed off by the top one. So I'm going to put the top two. The the number two in the IMDb list is Santa Claus, the movie from
0: 1985, which is fine. Yeah. It's (laughs) got Dudley Moore in it. It's a Christmas film that happened. That, that's um,
1: that high.
0: Above Home Alone. Number,
1: it's number two. Um, one of the highest rated Christmas films. I just Again, I don't know who's coming up with this, whether it's the IMDb bunnies or whether it's like the general public, but um, these are yeah, the, the heartwarming, sappy Christmas films that we all love. And this is the top 10. This is the number one spot, James. This. Okay, I'm... Um. I'm at the edge of my seat now. I hope everyone else is, because I was. I did that whole thing as well where you scroll up and don't see what the top one is. (laughs) Number one on IMDb's best Christmas film of all time is Love Actually. Uh? Huh? (laughs) Huh? Really? I I mean,
0: mean, it's a good film. Is it it even a Christmas film? I thought it took place like the week before Christmas. I guess it's one of those films you watch at Christmas. I I would argue that, and we've had a disagreement about this earlier in the week, but yeah. I would argue E.T.'s more of a Christmas film than Love Actually. And that sets <laughs> at Halloween. I'm just pissed off that Gremlins isn't in there, because that's my favourite
1: Christmas film. Um, so Love Actually, I, do you know what, as well, and and again, I get that there's a, it's a got a cult following to it. Mums love it, because it's really sappy, and it's got a bit of, like... You know, it's got lots of actors cheating on each other and lots of people buying their secretary's presents and such. Um, it's got Rowan Atkinson in it. But there's, there's it's one of those films that I fell, and I don't know if you agree with this, that was made for its poster. Its poster sold it. So yeah. the film didn't need to be good because the poster was wicked. The poster had like Emma Thompson on it, uh, uh, Hugh Grant on it, Marty McCutcheon on it, Liam Neeson on it, Laura Linney, Rowan Atkinson, Bill Nye. So you didn't need to make it good. It had no. enough. It had enough on the poster to people to go. Oh, that looks wicked. Let's go and see that this Christmas. Yeah, 2003, which is is mad that it's nearly a decade old. But uh, sorry, nearly twenty years old. Sorry, I was just saying, um, getting that right, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I know. Times marching on. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so comparing that to the list that I compiled from Rotten Tomatoes on Looper, um, mm. those ones you you start with. Um, where are we? Weird films like *Tangerine*, which I've never seen, um, yeah. but it's about sex workers in LA. So again, eh, might be interesting. i I would give it a go, but okay. I found that strange that *Looper* had, it got it to top ten. Uh, there's a film called *Carol*, and it's basically um, uh, it's it's just a film directed by Todd Haynes. Um, it says it's a backdrop of something. Um, or is it? Christmas is simply unfolding in the backdrop of the events that are unfolding in this movie, just as our lives go on as normal during the holiday. So basically, Carol sounds like a movie for people
0: that just don't like Christmas. Yeah, like Christmas is happening. It's just sort of like in the background. Don't look at it. Don't don't focus on Christmas. Focus on what these people are doing. They're doing <laughs> their shopping. <laughs> yeah. It's got Rooney Mara in it and Kate Blanchett in it,
1: so at least some good people in it. But um yeah, that's number 9. Um Meet Me in St. Louis by uh, with Martino uh is it Martino? Uh, so Judy Garland is in it in 1944 film. Never okay. seen it. So again, no. this is me doing my worst reviews because I've never I've not seen Meet Me in St. Louis. Um it's an old one. I'll need to go and watch it. Uh number 7 strangely made it into the Christmas list. Little Women, the new one from no- 2019. Okay, I don't understand why these are in a Christmas list. Then number six, you've got Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, Number five, the original Grinch, um, the Grinch that Stole Christmas. Oh, the Jim Carrey one? No, not the Jim Carrey one. The cartoon one from 1966. Okay. Uh, Number four, they gave us uh, The Shop Around the Corner... Uh, with Jimmy Stewart again I've not seen it but apparently it was a the original film from 1940 was basically the film that they remade into You've Got Mail in 1998 with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan so that's interesting right okay Uh, so it's a romance a romantic film Um, Holiday Inn made it number three Um, Mm. the original Miracle on 34th Street with Martin O'Hara from 1947 made it into number two spot and number one spot this is a number one spot I can deal with um, it's a wonderful life
0: yeah it's always up there somewhere it's a great absolutely. film absolutely <clears throat>
1: yeah it's a wonderful life for anyone that hasn't seen it it's basically the film that inspired Christmas films going forward <laughs> yeah basically all, all these Christmas films that feel yeah. overly saccharine uh, yeah, yeah it's a wonderful Totally. Life. And it is. It's, it owes itself to. Like so many films owe a debt to its wonderful life. It's great. Um, and I really do love it. I ain't not seen it for a while. I might watch it this year. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the top list, James, of uh, Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. And one that I wanted to talk about before we finish tonight uh, would be a film that's very close to people's heart, a yeah. film that's often debated as to whether it is or isn't a Christmas movie. Uh, my own brother in America sent me a. Uh, it was on his, like, work debate as to whether it is or isn't a Christmas movie and people had to vote. I don't really know if that works because I feel like you need to look at it from an objective point of view and look at what makes a
0: Christmas movie a Christmas movie. But we're talking about Die Hard. Die Hard, the, you know, the the Christmas movie.
1: <laughs> it's often the highest one on people's lists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if someone at work said to me the other day, Die Hard's the film that people say when they want to be controversial. Yeah. (laughs) Which I really liked, that statement. People don't really love it at a Christmas film. But I know they do. People actually do. So I'm like, I don't know if I agree with that. Some people say it just to be controversial, but people
0: genuinely like this and want it to be their top Christmas film. I I think this is a little bit like that argument over whether Jaffa Cakes are cakes or biscuits. It really doesn't (laughs) matter. They're tasty. And I'll eat them all whenever, if as long as they're in front of me. I, I feel like the same the same thing applies to Die Hard. It's it's an amazing film. It is set at Christmas. It is. I think I think that qualifies it to be a Christmas movie all on its own. But then there's things like Ho Ho Ho. I have a machine gun. You know, yeah. There, there's definite Christmas references here. Yep. So So. Um, and so I did, a, I did a bit. Of, I did a bit of research. <laughs> I like this
1: research; is good. Now, this is this this is a theory, a film theory that if you can take out large chunks of things from a movie, is it still left with its its DNA or its bone structure that keeps it the same film? Okay. Um, a good example of this would be Home Alone. You can take the snow, the Christmas, and everything out of it. Set it at summer. And Kevin's parents are going away for the summer holidays, and they dump the passports in the bin, and Kevin gets counted as a kid by mistake. Obviously, all these things happen at the beginning of Home Alone, and then he gets left home alone because he's in the attic because he's been naughty. Mm. All of this could happen plausibly, and people could be scouting houses out in the neighbourhood to burgle them. It doesn't need to be at Christmas. Now. Whether or not Christmas adds something to that film is up for debate anyway. I like the fact that it's at Christmas and I will love watching Home Alone when I've got my Christmas jumper on, a nice little drink and a a fire. I like to watch Home Alone when it's cold. Yeah. And it's obviously got lots of snow. There's loads of Christmas references to Home Alone. There's Christmas music in Home Alone. The fact that Kevin goes outside and chops a tree down and brings it into the house. You know, like there's loads of things in it. And it is at its core a Christmas movie. But if you remove everything that has any relevance of Christmas and set it, like I said, in the middle of summer, does the film still work? I think it would, yeah. I think it would still work. Yeah. If you take everything out of Die Hard that makes it Christmassy and set it in summer, does it work? And the biggest problem with Die Hard is that the only reason they're in the Nakatomi Plaza is because they're having a Christmas party and the only people in there are people who are invited to the Christmas party, i.e. all the top staff. Yeah, um, And the only reason Bruce is there is to see his estranged wife because it's Christmas. So if you take all the Christmas out of Die Hard, then technically Die Hard can't happen. That's true. And it does rely on Christmas in the same sense of that the plot needs Christmas to function, or at least it needs Christmas to set up. Now, the terrorists could invade the tower for a whole multitude of reasons at different times of the year. But the fact that they choose it because they know it's the Christmas party that's happening, um, that makes it a Christmas film. So I'm going to say, yeah, it's a Christmas film.
0: I think that is the uh, definitive argument for it being a Christmas film. I I agree. Uh, for me, it's a Christmas film. It's always been a Christmas film. And it's... It, it, I think people just expect Christmas films to be like the Hallmark Christmas film. Yeah. Uh, where it's all fun and loveliness and, you know, there's fake snow in this small American town because Hallmark are there. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> but no, Christmas films are films that are, you know, that, that are set around things that happen at Christmas. And Christmas parties happen at Christmas. So Exactly. Yes, it's a Christmas it's a Christmas film. It's and it's be. like we were talking about Lethal Weapon last week,
1: like Lethal Weapon, you could take Christmas out of Lethal Weapon 1 and it would still work um largely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are things that you'd need to change but the film would still function as a movie whereas Die Hard it needs to be the reason it happens is because it's set at Christmas because they're going there because of Christmas so I feel like they get away with it from a plot point of view um and yeah I, I saw a t-shirt someone was walking around uh near our work with a t-shirt on that said um it isn't Christmas until I've seen Hans Gruber falling off the Nakatomi Plaza <laughs> <laughs>
0: Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye-bye, Merry- Alan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's good, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, that was it. I think, uh, yeah, I'm sure that no one's going to disagree with us. <laughs> no,
0: no. I, I think this is probably the least controversial thing we've ever said.
1: I think we finally settled the Die Hard debate and nobody is ever going to comment or be angry about that.
0: <laughs> no, no, this will be it now. Uh, people have to find something else to discuss. Should next year should we choose a film that bears no relevance to Christmas but it's the one that we
1: really want to watch at Christmas because I think they're good as well yeah um, someone told me that they traditionally watch the Harry Potter films at Christmas whether it be like the first one or the second one obviously good. there are there are Christmassy moments in those films yeah. but um <clears throat> by and large not Christmas films but I I'm just gonna, find that really funny
0: I I have a year now to make it my mission to find the least Christmassy film and try and convince you it's a Christmas film. That's what we should do. At (laughs) the moment, I'm thinking something like Madagascar. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> well it is it's like um it's weird isn't it because there are just films that end up on the tv at christmas so as a child and even now as an adult we just they're just synonymous with christmas time um yeah. Dambusters busters is for me and things like mary poppins i've only ever watched them at this time of year i don't think yeah. i've ever watched it outside <laughs> of the christmas period so in my head it's a christmas movie when it isn't uh Anyway, I think that's it. I think we've settled it and I hope everyone's um, having a good Christmas day when you're listening to us. Uh, Hopefully you are listening to us on Christmas Day and you've put an hour aside for us because we greatly appreciate that. Uh, We also appreciate the likes and the comments and subscriptions to the podcast. So keep it going. And me and James will keep churning them out. (laughs) Absolutely we will. Uh, So, yeah. Thanks, James. Thanks, Jake. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you guys in the new year. Take care. See you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. (laughs)